Welcome to episode 30 of the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Every day, our world is shifting and changing. New technology, new traditions, new relationships, responsibilities, and challenges. How can you keep up? Through the new rules for your life and your business podcast, where transformation expert Holly Rovinger and her expert guests share how you can not only survive, but thrive in this new world. Holly believes that when you get back to basics and truly engage with your life and your business, you become empowered and can elevate the way you're living. Here now is your host, Holly Rovinger. Thanks, Morgan. Welcome to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business, the podcast that is dedicated to helping you cut through the chaos so that you can experience personal and professional growth. You will hear stories, insights, and new rules to live by from myself and my guests that are born out of real life experiences. The stories are inspiring and motivating, and I encourage you to take at least one golden nugget from each episode and apply it to your life or your business. The topic for today is being proactive instead of reactive. My guest is Nancy Green, and some of the highlights in this episode are, you'll hear how Nancy switched gears and accidentally became a lawyer when she was getting ready to graduate from college, how the support of your family can make all the difference in the world, why it's critical to update your professional agreements, and the cost of protecting yourself versus not being proactive. That and more today on the New Rules Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by The Empress Cloth on Amazon. TheEmpressCloth.com. Check it out. Save time, save money, save the environment. A much healthier way to clean for you, your family, your loved ones, and your pets. Nancy Green Esquire has been working with businesses for the last 18 years and helping ensure that those businesses can weather owner disputes and legal challenges. She educates her clients about the legal mistakes that have the potential to destroy their business. A member of the National Association of Professional Women and a NAPW Woman of the Year for 2002, 12 and 2013, Nancy loves working with other women business owners and helping them navigate the every stormy waters of running a business in today's litigious society. Opening her own law practice in 2013, Nancy understands what it takes to run a business. Repeatedly told that she's not your typical lawyer, Nancy takes all that fancy legal mumbo jumbo and demystifies it. Business and our economy thrive when empowered business owners are given the tools they need to understand and navigate the legal issues and challenges that face their businesses. When Nancy isn't practicing law, she's spending time on her horse farm with her husband and two teenage boys and writing romantic fiction under the pen name Nancy DeMauro. She's also participating in an upcoming eWoman Network nonfiction book with Sandra Yancey, Succeeding through Doubt, Fear, and Crisis, which is scheduled to be released in August of 2014. Wow, Nancy, you are one busy woman. 
Uh, yeah, I keep being told that. For me, it just seems like normal life, but everyone else tells me I'm insanely busy. <laughs> you are. You've got a lot going on. I mean, it's one thing you have your children and then you have a farm and then you have your, your legal practice, not to mention a husband. And, um, and you're also writing, which is fabulous. <laughs> lots, lots of fun, interesting things. Yeah, it's, uh, I get accused, well, I should be accused of being ADD and unable to focus on anything, but I uh, like doing lots of things at once. And you get them done, which is, you know what, that's all that matters. So ADD or not, it doesn't matter. You know what, <laughs> you, get, you get done what you really want to. Exactly. Which is very cool. So you weren't always in your own practice? You were working for somebody else before? Yeah, um, I started as a lawyer back in 1995 and until... 2013, I was always working inside a bigger law firm. Oh, interesting. Okay. And when I originally met you, you told me, and I'd like you to share this with us today, that you did not really set out to become an attorney. No, I um, accidentally became a lawyer um, back, and that makes lots of people raise their eyebrows, but back when I was getting ready to graduate college, um, I was in a clinical psychology a graduate level class survey, and we were assigned various areas of psychology to do reports on for the other people in the class, and I got handed forensic psychology, which I knew nothing about. Uh, but fortunately for me, Silence of the Lamb was out in the theaters um, because Jodie Foster's character is a forensic psychiatrist, um, and really became fascinated with the way the law and psychology interacted and thought that would be a lot of fun to do. Um, so I walked in cold to my law school entry exam that next weekend uh, and the weekend after that my psychology uh, law school uh, graduate exam and uh, ended up getting accepted to a dual degree program here in the Washington DC area at Catholic University. And was told, well, you know, law school's so horrible. First year of law school is just a terrible ordeal, and we're going to push off your psychology master's for a little bit um, and let you do your first year of law school, and then we'll start integrating the programs. Fine, not a problem, whatever. Okay, I got to get through this law school thing. Um, and I ended up loving it. I, didn't, I don't have uh, terrifying 1L stories because I loved everything about law school and the law and never actually picked up those psychology courses. Interesting. I read a book about 1L because my son also went to law school and they say if a parent had read the book before their child went to law school, they never would send them. <laughs> so there are some <laughs> horror stories and I'm glad that you didn't have to experience them. Yeah, I read Scott Turow's book too after the fact. I went, yeah, I guess that was happening, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, fun. Well, you know, I wanted you to share with us that part of your life and your experience because it's got a very important message that, you know, you can shift gears if that's what it takes to find your passion. You know, just because you're heading down one road doesn't mean you're stuck like glue to it. You know, you need to find really what you love to do and pursue it. Exactly. I mean, I, as you can probably tell from the various uh, many things that I do, I've shifted gears any number of times because that's what was right at that moment for me and my family. And I'm a lot happier for it. Well, and you know what? Happiness is very underrated. It's very important. You know what? You want to be able to get up and say, well, I'm looking forward to my day, 
not like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to get out of bed and start over. Yeah. Uh, one of my firms I was with uh, would wake up every morning and hit the alarm clock and go, oh, please don't make me go to work. Um, and my, my lovely husband went, okay, don't. <laughs> Excuse me, what? He's like, quit. This is, this is stupid. Quit. Well, you know, I can't do that. You're solo practice off the regular paycheck. He's like, shut up and quit. Um, and he had to convince me, but ultimately that's what I did because it was that same, I don't want to do this. And I love what I do. I love the, the, the law part. I just didn't love the situation I was in. So, well, you, you're lucky you had that good support behind you. Yes. If I could clone Matt, I would make a fortune. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> You, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Nancy, you can tell, is very busy with everything she's doing, and she has a terrific new rule to share with us today. So, Nancy, why don't you tell us what the new rule is? Today's new rule. Sure. Um, success isn't about reacting. It's about preparing for the worst in advance. And when you get knocked down, and you will, getting up again. Okay, so can you just extrapolate that on that a little bit and say, you know, what you're talking about as far as with somebody, whether let's focus on business. I mean, we know, you know, in life, yeah, we have to be prepared with critical thinking skills and with a support system and other things, but I'm, I'm guessing here you're talking about, you know, success in business. Yes, that too. Um, part of what I do as a lawyer and a business lawyer is I sit down with companies before problems arise and say, okay, do you have the protections you need in place? Are your client contracts really saying what you're doing and not doing for them? Are your employment agreements with your employees really helping you manage their expectations, manage your relationship with them, protecting your business if they have access to your key information if they leave you? So thinking through those steps, same thing with client contracts, and, and readdressing them as things that come up so that they have you know, their boots and umbrella up when they're going out to you know, big stormy sky. Um, and there's a lot of risk you can manage in advance. Um, you know, you can fix problems, legal problems, many times after the fact, after they arise, but it's really expensive and it costs you a whole lot more money, much more money to do it after there's a problem than to take the, the proactive steps and spend a little bit of money up front to get the documentation you need, uh, so that's a lot of what I do with business is helping them to assess what they need. And then when a problem arises, and it, it will, uh, unfortunately, it's a cost of doing business today to, to expect to be sued or to have to sue someone. Um, you need to be able to manage that. You need to be able to get in and out of that litigation as quickly as possible. And if things go poorly for you and your business, you need to dust off, learn the lesson and, and move forward again based on those lessons. So when you're working with a company, do you start with them from ground zero? You know, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to be, whether it's, um, you know, incorporated as an LLC, an S corp, a C corp or whatever. Is that what you do? Do you evaluate with them and, and start at that point? Ideally, yes. Um, I've, 
I work with a lot of people who are forming their businesses to implement as they grow the steps they need. I've also gone in after a business has been in uh, operation for years, sometimes many, many years, to go back and say, okay, you know, you're kind of past the mom and pop stage. Let's put some stuff in place to protect you. Um, and sometimes I've come, gotten brought into it after the things go horribly wrong. And then once we manage that storm, re- revising their corporate structure. So I, I help businesses at all stages of their growth. But I, I really like start the, working with those startups and making sure they step forward right. So, you know, you can talk about offline businesses. So, you know, you help them get all the pieces of the puzzle and all their foundation in place. And what about for businesses that want to expand online? I mean, there's a lot of things to do to prepare for that as well. You know, do you work with clients on that too? In, I'm not sure what part of the online process you're asking about. In terms of, again, making sure they've got their documents, making sure their disclosures are right, yes. Um, helping them manage some of the e-commerce rules and regulations, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going for because there's so much that a lot of people aren't aware of and they're opening themselves up you know, to a whole bag of worms down the road or a whole can of worms down the road if they don't have all the, you know, the legal I's dotted and T's crossed, you know, whether it be having the proper, you know, disclosures on your website or, you know, if you, if you have somebody that you're going to put in your book, you know, have you gotten a release signed? I, I think that's, you know, what I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, you sit down and you really help clients like have A, B, C, D, E in place. Yes. So when I meet with a client, especially a new client, we'll sit down for an hour or two. And mostly what I want to know is about their business and how I can best help them depending on where they are. So if you're putting together, you know, like the the E-Woman books, a, a collection of stories from various people. But if you were to do that, okay, this is the, the releases. These are the agreements you need to have with the the people whose stories they are, how to work out what people are paying in to be in the book or what you're paying them as royalties. Yeah. So helping all of that process get along and then helping clients, especially smaller clients when they're now contracting with a big company who hands them their 14 page, you know, contract, making sure that the client understands exactly what they've gotten themselves into and what all of the legal mumbo jumbo actually means. So is there like a whole set of rules for online businesses versus offline? Like are there like things that people, you know, when you look around online that you just see that are just glaringly wrong? It's harder to see if there are problems on just the online presence because a lot of the structure you're going to need is actually not going to be showing up on your e-commerce page or your website. Um, I always get nervous about when there are no disclosures uh, for consultants, especially that have testimonials, because the last thing you want to be is if you're, you know, you're an incredible fitness coach and you've got, you know, people who have gone from, you know, X to Y and they want to rave all about you. You really do need that disclaimer that, you know, person client X may have lost. 150 pounds with me, but I'm not guaranteeing that you would have the same results. That's probably the biggest thing 
most people will miss on their online presence when they're selling a service. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think people are so anxious to get started when they're throwing up a website and getting, you know, their um, online presence, you know, started that they do forget certain things and you can't leave the door open. So I think, you know, what you're talking about is being prepared and having everything taken care of ahead of time definitely makes a whole lot of sense, you know, and is definitely the way to go. I mean, the, the best time to start a relationship with an attorney is before everything goes wrong. Um, so you want to, if you're a business owner, you want to have that attorney contact on speed dial. And you may not use them, but once every two or three years for business. Um, but you need to know when you've got a client who says, oh, you were selling me 500 skin tanning lotions and they turned everyone purple. Um, we've got a problem, you need to know who to call then. Um, and you need to have had in advance the documents to protect you if the manufacturer has messed up and you're just a distributor. Right. So the cost of, you know, doing this up front obviously is much less than if you're faced with a lawsuit. You know, right. I guess that, that, you know, that's the bottom line. You know, people may not want to have to spend the money, but it's definitely you know, being protected. It's that, you know, taking the time and, and be cautious. Yes. And one of the hard things, especially with startups where their money is so tight to start with, but one of the hard things for potential clients to understand really is that if I've done my job right, you're never going to know what I saved you um, because the issue is not going to arise. So it's really just like buying yourself an insurance policy for your business. I mean, you'd, you wouldn't think twice about spending money to buy an insurance policy to protect you. Um, but I'll have a lot of people who are starting business going, well, it's going to cost me how much to do that? And that's, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't need that yet. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, but it's the same sort of insurance policy for your business that the actual insurance policy is. Oh, I like that. That's a good, you know, a good analogy that having you, you know, start up and go through their business with a fine tooth comb is just like having an insurance policy and it will save you, a, you know, a ton of money in the long run. Right. Very cool. So we, you know, we talked about it and you, you know, you said that the rule's important because it helps make the impossible seem only improbable. And I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it will give people confidence to really have everything in place. Right. And it makes one of the nice things about having your documents look like they're done by a lawyer and it gives you a professional presence. So it may be just you or you and a couple of people in your business. And instead of sending the, the client a proposal that, you know, says Dear so-and-so, I would be very happy to be working with you, and this is what I want to do. You now hand them a form contract. You've just established your presence as a real company. And that gives you confidence to go knock on the door of a Fortune 500 company and say, I have the service you need, and this is the contract I want you to sign with me for. It. Right. It, it makes you 
have the ability to pitch that you higher than you probably would otherwise. Right. That's okay. And I I think you kind of uh, bleeped out, but you were saying the fortune 500 companies like approaching them with a contract. Right. I mean, instead of thinking, Oh, I'm just a little operation, you know, I can't possibly get this client. When you've got that confidence in your forms and background, you can. You can say, look, I'm a professional company. I'm not someone who's, you know, sitting in my uh, basement, even if you are. You don't want to look like your company, especially when you're starting out. That's just you in your basement. You want to have that polished look and having attorney drafted documents does that for you. And it gives you some confidence that you know what you're offering to do on what terms you can sell it easier. Yeah, well, so it gives you the confidence, but it also, you know, gives you a lot of credibility when you walk in holding something professional, you know, rather than something that you threw together and you had no idea what you were doing. So especially when you talk about, you know, dealing with corporate clients, it's a huge difference, you know, to walk in with something that was prepared professionally, you know, by an attorney rather than something you just Googled and found on the Internet. Right. And there, there are times and places for those legal forms. Um, the problem with them is they're forms, and they aren't customized for you and your business, and they don't look customized for you and your business. And you may think you need, you know, a regular client contract, but what you really also need is, let's say, a non-circumvention. So, hey, business partner, don't learn who all my people are and go around my back to work with them. But if you didn't know to put that into the form search to look for it, you're not going to have the protect, full protection you need. Well, that's huge. You know, if you work yeah. with somebody else, whether it's a joint venture or partnership, and it's the, um, what's the word when they say you can't work within 25 miles of us if you leave and start out on your own? What, what's right, that? A non-com- non-compete. Yeah, non-compete. Yeah. A non-competition agreement. Okay. Um, and even... If you're not going to do a true non-competition, there you can do a non-solicitation for your clients and employees. So your either leaving employee or former business partner doesn't raid you and steal all your business that way. So you've just got to spell it all out. Yes. Unfortunately, while business is kind of done on a handshake, if it goes badly, you need the paper. Right. Well, I think what you said in the beginning, the insurance policy, that's basically what you're, you know, it is like you take out health insurance in hopes that you don't get sick, you know, (laughs) but, but it's there in case, God forbid, you do need it. Right. Exactly. You know, health insurance for your business. (laughs) (laughs) So anything else you want to add about that for people to uh, be prepared or, you know, things they need to have in place or mistakes that they, you know, should avoid? Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes I'll see is when it's more than one person starting the business, Um, whether that other person is your spouse, your best friend since kindergarten, your family member. um, You really, really, really need to have an agreement between you and your business partners, not only talking about what you're each doing for the business and getting from it, but what happens if we don't agree anymore? Or what happens if I want to retire and you, Holly, want to continue the business? Um, So a a partnership agreement, um, which 
for a corporation is either a shareholders agreement or an operating agreement, sets out sort of the bottom rules of what happens if there are changes and we need to make changes in the structure of the business for good reasons or bad reasons. Um, I may win the lottery, so I don't want to work anymore. Well, what happens to my stock? Um, or bad reasons. I'm in a car accident and killed. Now, are you dealing with my spouse? Are you dealing with my children? Are you dealing with my grandchildren? Or do you get the stock back? Uh, all of that really matters in small businesses. And again, if you don't have those documents in place and something happens, you might have to destroy the business to get out of a bad business relationship. Um, and if it's a good reason that the, the owners are going different directions. You can always do a new contract to give the other person more, but each of you know at least you won't get less. Yeah, people don't think about that. You know, you're all gun ho, and you know sometimes it's even more important with family to have you know a business agreement. You know, pe- people sometimes say, "Oh, their family, it doesn't matter." But I've heard of so many horror stories that I, I just couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and it's common enough that in the first law firm I worked at, um, we sort of nicknamed that process of business owners fighting with each other corporate divorces because it's just as ugly. Um, and it is almost a guarantee way to destroy your business. Um, on a, a more positive note, is when you have these documents already in place, um, especially if you're talking about the employee agreements with the non-competition provisions, you really want to review them periodically. Um, non-competition agreements and the law related to them changes rapidly. And if your non-compete agreement's a couple years old, it might not be enforceable anymore. Um, partnership agreements you probably don't need to review nearly that often. But at least the employee side and the client side, you probably want to be looking at every three to five years. Interesting. Yeah, people kind of get started and just go on their merry way and forget to do all this. Yes. Or forget to update it. That's the biggest one of the other issues we'll see is, hey, we've been in business for 15 years now and I had everyone sign a non-compete you know, when we started and now my key people have all left and they're poaching my, my clients and they're competing right next door to me. Um, here's my non-compete, please go enforce it. And I have the unfortunate job of telling them that that provision's not going to be enforced anymore. It's too broad under current case law. Ah, see, people don't think about that. They think about that, hey, I have everything in place. They don't think about that the law has changed or evolved. That's a really, really critical point, Nancy, that I think most business owners do not think about. Yeah, it's it's not a comfortable discussion (laughs) um, to have with a client, but the, the law is really kind of alive. It changes, it evolves. And you have to keep up with it or the protections you thought you had might not be there when you need them. Interesting. Well, that's definitely a golden nugget is to just make sure that you do keep current. Even if you do have agreements and you do have non-disclosures and everything else in place, you've got to update them. Right. How often do you do you advise people to check that? I would do it every three to five years at least. Um, if you're in a state where 
there's a lot of case law in it, and it's changing fairly regularly. And a lawyer in your state will know that answer. You might need to do it more frequently. But for employee documents, three years, five at the very, very latest. Uh, I mean, we had a case here in Virginia in 2012 that the Virginia Supreme Court in 2012 rejected a non-competition provision that it had approved 10 years earlier. So the same company, it was the same poor company that was suing in both cases. And they said, well, you know, we win because you told us 10 years ago this provision was good. And the trial court said, no, I think the law's kind of changed on you and you haven't kept up. And the Virginia Supreme Court said, yeah, I know we said 10 years ago this was good, but not anymore. Uh, and it if you had a non-compete that was drafted before that case came out in 2012, it probably followed the old pattern. And all of those are no longer enforceable. So if you're sitting there on your laurels and resting, thinking that you have everything in place and you haven't really evaluated anything in the last three to five years, it's time actually to take Nancy's advice and start reviewing everything again. You know, really have yeah. them have them looked at with an attorney, you know, and Nancy's available, which I'll have all her information, you know, under the podcast if people would like to connect with you. So I, I love that point that you just brought up because, you know what, we get comfortable, <laughs> you know, hey, well, we thought that was in place. Really? You know, <laughs> exactly. That's when you, you do get into trouble. So Nancy, share with us your favorite quote. Favorite quote. Okay, my, my favorite quote is from um, James Artemis Owens, and he has it in his book, Drawing Out the Dragons, which is a fabulous book, little book that everyone should read. Um, but the quote is, if you really want to do something, no one can stop you. But if you really don't want to do something, no one can help you. I like that. I like that. So in other words, if you don't want to do something, no matter how many people are lined up to really help you get started, it's not going to work. Yes. And it's amazing when you decide that you're going to take that step forward into the next venture, into the next phase. It's amazing how many people that you've known for years and years and years ago, you know, I, I know someone that you should talk to about that and how much the resources almost magically appear once you've committed to doing something. You know, people ask how I, I'd be a mom and a writer and a lawyer and do all that. And it's because I want to. <laughs> I, I make the time. I don't watch a whole lot of TV because that's not what I want to be doing with my life. Right. You're following, well, you're following your passion now. You know, you left your company and you went out on your own, which it's a big step. Yes, that was huge. Um, the, the way leaving my last firm came up, it was not actually a hard choice to go solo at that point. A um, couple of times when I've changed jobs, it's been a real hard decision, especially when I left the first job I had as a lawyer because I'd been there 12 years. Uh, that was really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what's anything that is difficult and is a challenge usually ends up being, you know, so worth it in the long run. 
you know, it's the easy things that we slide through that really, I don't think, have as much weight when you look back. You know, it's those big challenges, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's the whole, why lock yourself into something that makes you miserable? Um, and it may be scary, and it may be hard to break out of the thing that makes you miserable. Um, but why stay there? We're made for so much more than misery. Yeah, well, it's the same old follow your passion. Just follow it, and success will follow you. Because, exactly. you know, when you love what you do, and I think you mentioned this um, when we spoke before that, you know, all the good karma and, and success and successful people will be attracted to you when you're doing what you love. It, you know, it does make, make a difference. So Nancy, you had said that you're, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to agree with you. It, it, and part of that is when you are enjoying what you're doing and you're following your passion, you glow and you attract people to you because you're positive and excited and people want to be around that and people want to be part of that process and help it. It's that like attract, right, the bees to honey, like the sweet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, part of the crowd. Well, and you had told me, Nancy, just to shift gears a little bit, that your favorite fiction book is The Last Unicorn. I have never heard of that. Um, is, it oh. a, is it a series? Is it, or what? Like, is it a mystery, a romance? Like, what is it? It is. Um, Peter Beagle wrote it, God, 70s maybe? Um, I should know that. And it's a fantasy novel um, about the last unicorn in the world. <laughs> and she overhears some hunters in her forest um, saying that, you know, the, the younger hunter says, well, I thought unicorns didn't exist anymore. And he's like, no, no, there, there's got to be the one here. And that's why we can't find any game here because she protects her forest. Um, and she starts off on a quest to find what happened to the rest of her people and meets a magician and some harpies and, and it's just a really wonderful story uh, with some amazing characters lots of imagination yes when you write under your pen name what are your stories like what genre they're fantasy um, there are a lot of the ones that are currently published are fantasy to fantasy romance um, but I write fantasy genre Oh, interesting. Well, we'll have to check out some of your books. <laughs> yes, please do. Are they are they on Amazon or just in the um, in bookstores? Nope, they're on Amazon. Um, they're all Kindle formatted, uh, Kobo formatted. All of the electronic readers can get them. Um, you can get them either through the distributors' websites or my publishers, uh, which is Mesa Web uh, Mesa Publishing. You can get them there. Oh, it's so cool because it's just so opposite. Like being attorney an attorney is so much facts and and figures and getting all your eyes dotted and T's crossed. And then on the other side, you're so balanced. You know, you've got this whole fantasy and this great imaginatory or imaginary side to you, which is beautiful. Yeah, I started. I've always written, and I started writing again. Um, shortly after my first son was born, but sort of as a way to de decompress from the, the day job. Um, so I was finding that as I was trying to go to sleep, I was still thinking about cases and things I had to do. And I just started writing for fun, really. 
um, just to shift out of that law brain, case brain, um, and sort of grown from there. I love that. I think it's great. Well, anything else you would like to add to share with us about, you know, being present with your life and just making sure you're protected? Um, you covered it. You did cover a lot. Yeah, you did cover it awful. I'm trying to think of if I missed anything. Um, you know, th- just that you know, it may seem like a large expenditure, especially when you're starting the business out to get the protection in place, but it's, it's really a fairly small one. Um, and it's tens, if not hundreds of times less that it's going to cost you to deal with the problem of after it arises to do it up front, it's much better in business and life to be proactive and try to assess and manage risks before they happen than it is to clean up afterwards. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Just manage it up front. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. You gave us a lot, a lot to think about uh, for those of us that are in business or for those that are starting out you know, can just start with a fresh, clean slate and contact you and get all their ducks in a row. So thank you so much, Nancy, for really spending the time. Well, you're welcome. And, and thank you for having me on the, the podcast and actually hosting it because it's a really wonderful resource as well. Thank you. And if you would like to connect with Nancy, she is active on Facebook and you can find the information on the notes we have created, especially for this episode on hollyrovinger.com. And an easy way for you to start the conversation with her is to mention that you heard her speak on new rules for your life and your business. And if you like this episode, please consider leaving an honest review over on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio, and I'll mention it in a future episode as a way to thank you. By leaving a review and downloading an episode, it really makes the podcast more visible and easier for others like you to find. So thank you again for listening today. Have a great week. And remember to always have a positive mindset so you can live healthier and wealthier and happier with passion. This is Holly signing off for today. But before we go, I have a question. Nancy has prepared what she needs to do for her business. And what I want to ask is, have you... Thanks for listening to the new rules for your life and your business podcast. If you're listening and you want to grab contact details for today's guest, information on resources mentioned, or any other show notes, head over to hollyrovinger.com for complete details. That's www.hollyrovinger.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave us a comment on the website or an honest review on iTunes. And to get regular tips to help you in today's rapidly changing world, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the new rules for your life and your business. 